0: The thing is is it looks like the old picture you used. it's just like a vi- a
1: better version of it, if that makes sense because you're wearing the same thing you always wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah so listen. so it's so funny that you say that because um, I've been doing this thing on the on, I've been doing this thing low-key, which is you know I'm, I'm trying to lose weight mm-hmm. you know, and we can talk about that at some point, but um, I'm low-key every month taking a new picture and changing it but i make it look exactly the same So i keep the same background and i just photoshop myself out and put it in uh-huh so mostly actually actually you would be able to relate to this because you lost a tremendous amount of weight at some point yeah is i want people to be used to seeing the change sure and not make a big deal about it so that when it does happen they're like no obviously look if not everyone's staring at my Facebook picture all the time, right? But it eases it from because you know what? I should send it to you right now. Let me send you. I'm gonna text it to you. I'm gonna text you the first one.
0: Okay. Okay. The thing is, um, like, there's something. There's a there's a reward that comes with when you lose weight. All the compliments you get.
1: Yeah, but it that, makes me. It makes me. It stresses me out. Actually, okay, sure.
0: I've heard people actually say that that it. Instead of making them feel good, it highlights how they it, – it, it, it's almost like a reverse compliment where people are like, oh, my God, you finally look good. And then they're like, oh, my God, I've been walking around looking like a schmutz all this time, you know?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. That's exactly – okay, so I don't have it with the background, but let me find the first one. Maybe I have it with the background. Hold on.
0: Why are you doing do that, you do? by the way? Hi, everybody. My name's Mike. That's – oh, hi, Joey. <laughs> I'm Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up.
1: Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. We never, ever miss a week. Uh, Longest streak in history. Without fail, we never miss a week. Now, let me ask you something. I'll send it to you afterward. I'm having trouble finding it. I want to concentrate on the show. Um is uh how are you doing we have a lot to talk about <laughs> we have a lot we have okay. so much to talk about we had so much in the news yeah. to talk about and uh and so let's get to it how are you doing Mike? Lawson? good and you i hate
0: doing this because you might have to edit it out we when we were texting about um recording again you were like oh there i have this idea i really want to run by you is it something oh, you yeah, could yeah. tell me here or are you going to tell me
1: later well look if it were if if you agree I'll keep it in, and if you disagree, I'll take it out. Worst idea ever, Joe. But I was thinking that we go until 200, episode 200. Okay, which is, okay. this is 198 that we're recording right now, right? Yeah, we, okay. we, and we record episode 200, Right, 200 is like a regular episode. Okay. Okay. And um, then we take a long, I know we've never missed a week, and this is why I think it's yeah. well-deserved. Like a three-year hiatus yeah we take a long break, okay, maybe like a month, but we we, we we set the date in advance, right? I have an idea for the date that we I come feel like
0: back, the right? window should just be like you find a husband, have a children, get that kid into college, <laughs> then we start again.
1: <laughs> but I'm saying we take a long break, but also in that time, and Mike, you're going to be so excited when I say this right now, okay <laughs> interns. <laughs> We know you contacted us, and we dropped the ball, and I need you to understand, every week after we record the show, Mike and I text each other and go, we forgot to mention the interns. Literally every episode we've recorded since you guys have started emailing us. (laughs) So, interns, if you messaged us before, message us back, and what I'm saying is, then we work with the interns to produce our uh, 200-episode special. Okay. And it won't be number 200, it'll just be like a non-numbered episode.
0: Okay, so we'll take we'll, a little break and we'll we'll take a break in recording, but still kind of work on that.
1: So I say we come back after the
0: new year. Okay, and here here's the thing, guys. If you want to intern for us, here's what we're looking for. I'll kind of break it down. And if you have sent us an email before and said you were interested, send us one more. Um, if you're no longer interested, because we're you know, pathetic, and it took us so long to get this shit together. I totally understand, and thank you for reaching out the first time. If you didn't reach out to us the first time but are interested now, please reach out again. And you know what? I don't know if our, e- our email is working. So email Lawson at gmail.com, and let me know you're interested. And then uh, what we're looking is for some folks who wouldn't be shy uh, recording an episode, uh, talking with Joe and I, um, we're going to assign you a couple of uh, past catching up episodes to listen to. And that's pretty much the gist of it. That's what we're looking for is just someone to kind of help us recap some of the old catching catching up with old catching up episodes for our 200th uh, anniversary.
1: Okay. And going back to the break. Yes, please. Everyone do that. And going back to the break. Now, January 1st is a Monday. So, we we'll know, Right? Yeah. But January 8th. Okay. Why don't we say okay? So after episode two hundred, which should be in theory, in theory, episode two hundred should—I mean, episode two hundred. So this, so one ninety-eight is going to come out on in theory November thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then, basically, it'll be, we'll take we'll take a break at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and we come back after the New Year on, no- on January eighth. Okay. So yeah. guys, episode two hundred will air on November twenty seventh, two thousand seventeen. At that point, Mike and I will take. Six weeks off. Because, guys, we're going on five years, we've been doing the show. I think at that point, we do deserve six weeks off. I don't know what you guys think. What you think, Mike? Yeah. But I, everyone should not... to know too, Joe has never had a
0: real job, so he has no frame of reference on like how much vacation you deserve or like whatever. He's like, We've worked for five years, once a week. We've recorded an hour
1: episode. We deserve a six week vacation. Somebody asked <laughs> if I ever had an office job, and I said actually I had an office job when I met Mike, but I think I yeah. left it soon after. Yeah, because Is... you put the office on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you basically got fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I, uh, what's funny is I. Someone asked when was last Me had a real job? Have you ever had an office job? And I said I did have an office job there. How long ago? And I did the math and it was literally 17 years ago. I was 25 years old. Wow. Wow. And even then, I remember. I remember even then. This is to go into it. Uh, I got hired. My job was. I guess an HR person. The company we were working for got this huge contract, right? Mm-hmm. Huge contract uh, to to teach uh, poor high school kids uh, all across uh, Orange County and Los Angeles. Sure, underserved. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they hired me because they're like, "We're gonna need to hire like a hundred teachers." Sure. I don't know that meant that. So we we're gonna hire you full time. And I, you know, even then, though, I was like, "Look, I can't." So when I say I had an office job, I really didn't because I negotiated in the contract. Come and go as you please. Come and go as I please. <laughs> as because, well, we had a I had a, a roommate who used to work really, really late hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So at that office, work. So in court, I would like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, go get coffee and come back and do all that and talk to a friend in New York until until she. She did forty hours of work per week, but she
0: like. Seriously, stretched it out and was like, "I'm gonna go get my nails done, like in the middle yeah, yeah, of the yeah, day," yeah. and then yeah. like be surprised that she had to stay till eight o'clock to get shit done. But
1: oh, eight o'clock, well, she wouldn't yeah. come home till like midnight a lot of yeah. times. Anyway, she two slept, in the morning, she slept under her desk sometimes. Joey. She did, I know. And so anyway, so I nego- knowing that I would like often two, come. She lived two miles away, and she would sleep under yeah, her he desk. Did. That's yeah. how awful a roommate you were. <laughs> I know. So I negotiated with I knew knowing I'd come and see her all the time, and I would. I'd be there all the time. I was like, I want to come and go and say, please. And also, like, as long – so they were like, look, as long as you get those 100 teachers hired by this date, you can do whatever you want, right? Sure. And everyone in the office at the time was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right? And then I just lucked out. It wasn't through any ingenious part of me. Just someone told me about this program at a local university. Uh, it was a really elite program where they only hired – I mean, they only accepted valedictorians into their school and they paid a, got a full ride. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Yeah, and they're looking for them to get a job." And I was like, "How many?" They're like, "I don't know, like 100." <laughs> and I was like, "Boom, done." Yeah." And so I was being paid a salary, and <laughs> my job was done in like a month. Sure. I also had to train them, but that wouldn't, I mean, training was almost like teaching a class. It was a few hours a week. And I could tell they were burning up. They were burning up that this happened, right? That they thought it was going to be like me interviewing, like trying to find a hundred people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: How are you though, Joey? What's going on? What's new?
1: Um, so uh, I, I forgot to tell this story last week. But, um, you know, I'm known, it's mentioned in the fucking theme song of the show, for taco tours. Yeah. Right? Eating tacos. So some friends, um, uh, former students, actually, which, Mike, this is so scary. Not only is it scary when I tell you their age range, but also they weren't even students from the beginning of your career no, as a no these are students from when i started my own company oh damn you know these yeah. are students from when i started undergrad industries right that they're, they're, they have nothing to do with our old company okay. and um they're 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 between ages between 28 and 30 years old sure and uh they were like one of them was going to be in town and he, he calls me. He's a really uh, good friend of mine. And he says, Him hey, be in town. I want to go out for get some tacos with you. Okay. And I go, that sounds great. And we set a date. And then he goes, Do you mind if this guy Josh comes? I'm talking about it, The guy I'm talking about, his name is Joey. And Joey says, Do you mind if Josh comes? And I go, No. Yeah, I like Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Josh is another former student. Next thing I know, people hear about it, former students. And it balloons up to, like, undergrad, 10 people. Undergrad Industries Reunion? <laughs> undergrad Industries Reunion. It was about 8 to 10 people. Yeah. And they're all Jewish. Okay? Okay. And to me, I find this interesting because as a... Even though I've never lived in East Los Angeles, as a uh, fan of it, I guess... Okay. I know that uh, Boyle Heights in East Los Angeles have a very, very, very strong Jewish connection. The Jews, uh, pre-World War II, were forced, because of redlining, to live in Boyle Heights with the Mexicans and the Japanese. So I dash is that a word? I just made that up uh, Together, um a Jewish history slash cemetery, because there's a Jewish cemetery in East L.A., Slash taco tour. Okay.
0: Sounds fun. Sounds like you should be getting paid for this though.
1: No, I wasn't just yeah. hanging out with my friends, right? Yeah. Mike Lawson. This was so fun. Oh, good. Right? Because here's the, here's the thing. Is the cemetery was a Jewish cemetery, but what I find interesting about it is like I told you, Jews were pretty much confined to this area. So for that reason, there is a Jewish cemetery that has some of the biggest names. In the people who ran Hollywood in uh, the early days. And it's, right. like it's in the middle of, like, in the grossest part of East LA. It's not even like a cool part, like a gross part, by, like a, a fucking gross freeway. Mm-hmm. Like, you, Mike, you lived in Southern California. How often did you go into the 710 freeway? Never. Exactly. Zero, it's zero gross. Time. Yeah. It's a gross, weird freeway. It, go, it goes through no good parts of LA. Sure. There's no good part that the 710's taking you to. But that's where you're going to find the Warner Brothers. That's where you find Louis B. Mayer of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. That's where you find two of the three stooges. That's where you find the co-founder of Baskin Robbins. You know, all these big, important Jewish people from the early part of the twentieth century are buried here because they couldn't live anywhere else. You know what you know, they were they didn't live in East LA, but that's where they could be buried. That's where the Jewish cemetery was allowed to be. Yeah. So we did that. There's also uh one of the first uh uh orthodox temples is still in it's no, no longer being used but it's 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 be it's there in in Boyle Heights and so we did that but also we went and got tacos the funny part though is you know the old abandoned temple which is literally abandoned we're standing in front of it and this old cholo rides by on a bike and he sees us looking at this building and he stops and he goes hey you guys Jewish? And then all of a sudden there's this like, you know, because like, like, what do we say? What do, I mean, how do we answer this? An old cholo in East L.A. is asking if we're Jewish. And I go, Mike, I would have been horrible during the Holocaust. I was like, not me. These guys are. Check the attic. Yeah. I'm like, not me. I'm Mexican. Like you.
0: Sure. You know. know, but what was he asking for? Did you guys respond?
1: Well, then we go. I go, yeah, 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 and then they go. He goes, oh, that's so cool, man. You guys like you guys read the Torah, and they're like, yeah, and it and it, it was like, oh man, I love Jewish people. And We were like, that could have. But afterwards, we were like, that could have gone either way. Totally. <laughs> like, how do you <laughs> ask that question? <laughs> so, uh, but I told him it's like that old. Have you ever, have you ever heard? The, they hadn't heard this joke, but have you ever heard this joke about the Lone Ranger? No. Lone Ranger and Tonto are like out riding around, and all of a sudden, they're ambushed by a bunch of Native Americans. And Lone Ranger turns to Tonto and he goes, Tonto, what do we do now? And Tonto goes, what do you mean we, pale face? I said, that was me, when he asked them if they were Jewish. Yeah. Joey, what kind of lighting do you have on this picture?
0: (laughs) It,
1: like, it's not. It's just. How did you it, light it? Just,
0: is it sunlight? It, the lighting is amazing. It's like studio quality, Joey. What,
1: Mike? I have my camera on. Do you, you're not seeing my video? No, I see your mm. icon because mine's off. Mm. Well, it, I'm sitting in the same place that I take the photograph, and so I'm lighting myself. It's just. It's just the light. From, the ambient light from the window. Wow. But you know what it is? Is I have shade. Like like. Um, Shade, not shade, but like, I don't know what you'd call it, like, uh, shade, uh, right in front of me that I can move up and down. And the window is facing north, so I don't ever get direct sunlight, really. Oh. And so, uh, so I can change the lighting as I want. It's like, um, you could use this as your headshot if you ever want to get it. I do use light. it as a headshot. It's all over the place.
0: Every month, I change it. No, but I'm saying you could print it out and bring it to with you to auditions and be like, "Hi, I'm Joe Batance. I'm a magician. I can
1: I'm a magician and a podcaster and I, I like ride, to eat
0: tacos. I can ride a unicycle." Um, hey, Halloween happened, Joey. That that's yeah, something I sure did. happened. I kind of was like, "Oh, I'm going to tell Joe about my Halloween costume and now that it's like Thanksgiving, I'm kind of bored by this story, but um I did you see what I dressed as?"
1: On social media? Yes. Uh, dear Evan Hansen, which once oh. I saw that, I'm like, I, why did I never make the connection, Mike Lawson? It, oh, was I not supposed to say? What? No, no, no. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Why did I not make the connection that um, Mike Lawson is so dear Evan Hansen?
0: No, I'm not.
1: He's like autistic practically or has Asperger's mm-hmm. or something. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, um, But so I I think I'm going to start – I mean, I work at a, a – a theater company so it makes sense to kind of have a broadway related costume so i'm uh i think i'm gonna start dressing as a character from that year's best new musical so dear evan hanson oh, that's smart one best new musical so we'll see what happens next year um we'll see <laughs>
1: next year it's like what could it be that would be like awful for you well it would be best new musical so you'd it's not going to be – I know. One. That's why I can't, I, can't, I, know yeah. I can't pull an old one out like Hello, Dolly or something like that. Um, but I don't – would you have a problem dressing in drag? Well, so last year I dressed as a Rockford
0: Peach from the uh, 1990s movie A League of Their Own. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. But I, I mean I was just wearing a dress. I didn't do like the makeup and – I don't yeah, yeah, think yeah, yeah, I even yeah. had a wig. I just put a hat on. I don't I – don't, it doesn't – that's just too much work. I mean, I, I just have no interest in it,
1: <laughs> to be honest. You know, I want to put something funny, on. That's it. I, I was about to ask – I was just about to ask you – Oh, how many people really recognized you? But I forgot, you work in a fucking theater.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my BART ride to work, though, everyone's like, oh, there's a guy with a cast on his arm. Like, nobody's thinking I was anything else. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't get recognized Mm -hmm. on my way to work. But once I was there, everyone's like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. There was a weird moment, though. Um, So my office is on the fourth floor of the building, um, but we have offices on other floors as well and everybody came up to the fourth floor and uh there's a coworker i work with who is an african american man and he's probably in his like early 50s i'm guessing that's mm-hmm. a total guess i have no idea how old he is and he didn't he didn't wear a costume he's like against halloween vocally was like not wearing a costume guys right mhm and uh our other coworkers from the other offices all come up and we're all like socializing a little bit looking at everyone's costumes and i'm not joking he happens to be our hr guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he sees the african-american guy in no costume joey and he says like oh look here we have a ben carson what wait what the fuck right he said but he because i I, 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 i'm like even tongue-tied i don't even know He looked at the the African American man wearing no like just regular clothes, Mm -hmm. and he's his joke was I. It had to have been a joke,
1: right? It had to been a joke. But don't you think an HR person would be particularly sensitive to this, right? Right. But even I mean, his
0: job aside, it's a weird comment to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, it is. But you would think, wait he also does hr the dude wasn't offended he was like he we did afterward i was like did he really say that and he was like yeah it just was a non-funny joke like he 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 was okay with it mm-hmm. but it was just
1: awkward and weird who says that um it's almost like when i see a a, a a doctor smoking which i've seen a lot i'm like hmm like sure. people shouldn't smoke but you're a doctor yeah. Or when I and I often when I also when I meet a fat doctor and he's telling me I have to lose weight and eat better, or a hairstylist with shitty hair. Well, that one you just come on. Um.
0: So that was my Halloween. It was kind of uneventful. We didn't do anything else. I my dear Evan Hansen like polo shirt that I bought was too small, so I'm even. Yeah, that's
1: that you talked about that in the
0: show. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't listen. So. Yeah. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my Halloween. Did you do anything for Halloween? Did
1: you dress up? No, no, my I, I I hate Halloween. Okay, I hate it. People think, oh, he's a magician. He must love Halloween. I don't know why they made that connection, or because I'm gay, or I don't know what it is. Well, I think no, I you also understand Halloween.
0: I feel like you give up, like you enjoy the campy and Halloween can be mm-hmm. very campy. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think you're creative and creative people tend to enjoy Halloween. I think there's a lot of reasons people would suspect you like Halloween,
1: well, look, here's the deal. One year I did go to the West Hollywood Halloween parade, sure, I've done know, it and too. I, yeah, 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 and I did it one time, and that was enough. What's funny is if, if I would go every year if like a helicopter could drop me in <laughs> and then pick me up, yeah. But, like, because even, like, Uber's not even a solution. If it was a reality show, if it was a reality show, I'd watch
0: it. How about that? (laughs) Like, I don't, I like looking at it. I don't necessarily love all the inconvenience of it, touching people and, like, the crowd. Well, that
1: part doesn't bother me, but there's nowhere to sit and it's, yeah, no, you can't get a beer and everything's crowded. No public restroom. Just like, no public restroom. It's awful. You know what? Fuck Halloween. No, but then also, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't have children. Yeah. And then also with, like, Halloween parties, like, it's like, it's like, unless you've been working on your costume for, like, a month, which I'm not, um, then I, 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 well, last year I bought, I did buy the greatest shitty costume ever, and I still have it, um, it is a, uh, uh, like a big giant plane card it's almost like one of those like boards that you wear to say like eat at joe's or something yeah um but it's just a plane card one of the, there's a plane card in the front and the back of the plane card in the back you, uh, i was gonna wear it this year to a halloween party and then i forgot it mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not gonna go to the halloween party now. <laughs> i didn't um, go hey this story came up recently
0: uh steve and i were talking um about razor blades and apples what do you okay, yes. we're kind of I don't know if you want to go down this kind of... I can um, go down this road. I, this you know, I was a big not. fan
1: of Urban Legends. I'm Sorry, I was a big fan of Urban Legends for a long time. And so I have a lot to say about this. Go ahead.
0: Well, so I was telling him, we started talking about... You've probably seen the meme that's been floating around the internet um, where uh, there's news stations that are like, beware, these people are giving out like pot-laced gummy candies. And then someone else is mm-hmm. like, why the fuck would we give out our expensive edibles. Like that's stupid, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so that meme was floating around and we that kind of got us on the topic of razor blades and apples and I was like Joe has a connection to that story. I do? Did wait, Joey, don't you? I've been telling people you do. <laughs> well, I have a horrible memory, so remind me. I thought it was someone in your family. Like the urban legend was that it was like nobody ever actually gave out razor blades with apples, but
1: there was, like, yeah, someone only been, the, within yeah. the
0: family that gave it to, like, the kids. Like some, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, one time a dad gave it to a son, and he was, like, trying to, like, I think, like, frame his wife. Was like, it's not, he wasn't even trying to hurt oh, the kid. It was, like, Joe, it, was like, it was, like, it was some...
0: I thought that was someone in your family. No. No. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, a my lot family of... wouldn't give away their expensive razor blades
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people <laughs> might th- think that it is, so <laughs> oh, okay if that ever comes back to you, uh I probably started that rumor oh, Joe, why did I think that they... I swear to God I thought someone in your good my family's crazy, but I must be mixing that story up with someone else then anyway
1: Joe, I swear to God I thought that. Your family? Well, had- no, but that is true, though. There's only been one case and there's been, like, someone doing it to their kid on purpose to, like, get their, someone in trouble or yeah. it was some weird thing. It wasn't like um, they were giving them out to kids that were knocking on the door. Yeah, no documented case of it ever happened, has ever happened. Um, now, let me ask you this. This is sort of a release of my crazy family. Is I've recently fallen down the Ancestry.com oh. rabbit hole. Have you ever done Ancestry.com? I have, yeah. I paid, I was paying for it for a while. I'm paying for it now. Yeah, I
0: kind of got to a point. What's cool about it, and I'm sure you've probably hit this already, is when you start finding like your other relatives that have already built out trees so you can
1: just adopt it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, but I'm Mexican, so the only one who has is, like, Richard's brother. Oh, okay. Like, I wish there were more, but they're all like, well, here's the problem I've run into as well. That's actually not – so I just kind of lied, actually. There are family members who have, but this is one of the things I've been learning is – I don't know if you ran into this problem when you were doing Ancestry.com, where is I was doing my own research, and I'm very methodical detective about it. Yeah. And I don't have a connection to my past the way some people do, where they feel that their past reflects on them. Sure. Okay? In fact, I have a story that'll be the end story of this block, you know, that proves out. But I would look at the work that other family members have done, kind of distant family members, and it's riddled with lies that make their... Yeah, ancestors look better. Sure, you know I think that's "Uh." natural.
0: That's natural. For I swear to God, I was told that I we were like part Cherokee. That my mom's, my mom's grandmother's side had like Native American blood, Mm -hmm. and I'm like doing all this, nothing, not not at all, and like I've so I traced. uh, Well, first my goal was to trace Lawson out of the United States which mm-hmm. I did. And then I started, well, you tra- did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I started tracing, um, my mom's maiden name out of the U S which was pretty easy too. And then my mom's, um, grandmother's or my mom's mom's maiden name was much more difficult. I kind of mm-hmm. barely got, you know, past this century. Like
1: it was really difficult. So it's funny that it's, it's something similar. Like, My mom has a niece who has – she has a family tree where – so basically my mom's – my grandfather, my mom's dad, didn't know his father. He knew his name and that was it. Sure. Okay. And so what's funny is uh, my mom's niece, the daughter of my mom's brother, has been going around since she did research and found out he was – um, a big chief in a Native American tribe, and Mike, this has been going on for like fifteen years. Where like I can't even have fucking Thanksgiving with them because they, it's one talking about you know uh, the terrible thing that was done to the Native Americans, and they're crying. But then also they'll do like some sort of like I'm not even this sounds like I'm being culturally insensitive, but I'm being you're telling me a story. No. I'm telling you a story, like some sort of like Native American ceremonial dance sure. around the table. I'm sitting there. And on Twitter, so, just like yeah, like, oh, people, right? Oh no, God, right? No, we, we, no. It's been years since we have Thanksgiving. Ever since the ceremonial dance around the table, we've hadn't had Thanksgiving. So, even on her tree, she calls my great grandfather Eaglehawk. Okay, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get to the fucking bottom of this. Uh oh, um, to
0: the bottom of this. Yeah, you're exposing something that should not be exposed.
1: Yeah, because I think she thought, oh well, no one will ever know the truth, right? Mm-hmm. My my mom goes, just the other day, she goes, you know, your grandpa had a family Bible where he wrote down the family tree. And I go, oh, really? Let me see. And she gives it to me. And he wrote down what he knew. Luckily, my grandfather was pretty accurate. And so I just, t- I knew his father and his grandfather's names, right? Yeah. Boom. Here they come. I'm able to go back like 200 years now. It's straight up fucking Mexico. Yeah. This fucking bitch is Mexican. You know, she is not. I think it's almost offensive to Native Americans. His name was not Eagle Hawk. Yeah. Right? You know, he never lived on a reservation. They came but from she, Mexico. She got from like that. Calisco.
0: She got that somewhere. Do you suspect
1: she just made it up? Or do you I'm, think. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. She made it up. She used to say that she, want, uh, that she was a singer mm-hmm. and that Quincy Jones wanted to produce her album. Maybe. No. Mike. <laughs> She's a literal crazy person. Okay, okay. so um, anyway, uh, there's that. So that's there's that. But then, on actually speaking of hitting a dead end, my mom, uh, one of her relatives, like I can only go back through my mom's maternal grandparents. Like that's it. That there's nothing. It dies. Like right, right that yeah, night. I hit a dead end like that too.
0: Like, to the point where me and my sister text a little, I'm like, do you think, like, witness protection or, like, (laughs) there's just nothing. And it makes me think that, like, there's a story that either they didn't want to be recorded or, like, there were some sort of circumstances that, you know, being recorded and, like, filing paperwork and stuff just wasn't part of their story. So... I
1: just well, don't that's what's know. interesting about going to Mexico is the only thing you can really get is like, baptism and marriages, but it gives you so much information. you got to read it in Spanish. Do, do you have that, too, with the white people? Like, they write in these old books no. and stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. In old books, but yeah, yeah. not in
1: Spanish, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: not in Spanish. Yeah. There's, um, there's a couple of weird ones, like census, where yeah. um, my, um, my aunt, uh, my, mm-hmm. my great aunt, is listed as the wife of my... Uh, great-grandfather, so it's actually his daughter, but then that oh. that clouds a bunch of people's trees because, like, I know it's his daughter, and that's a mistake, mm-hmm. but the, the other people are just taking the, the records factually, so then if I adopt their tree, I have to keep correcting that because people are, it's not, they're not as close to that kind of branch of the tree, so they just kind of accept whatever's in the
1: paperwork. They just accept it, yeah. So... So last night, this happened last night, right? I'm bored. So I start trying to figure that dead end out, right? So on my mom's... On one of the relatives, basically, the one that hit the dead end. I'm not going to explain the relationship, it's not important. Yeah. On one of the female dead ends, I'm looking around, and I find... Now, look, I'm 80% sure this is her. It's the same age from the same town in Mexico, um, an arrest that, like document that she was arrested in Arizona
0: mm-hmm.
1: in 1909. Okay, for assault with a deadly weapon. Wow! And they have like her mug shots, Mike Lawson, uh-huh. and it says occupation prostitute. Wow! So I'm like, whoa! So I'm thinking, like, I wonder how Betty's gonna take this, right? Yeah, your Betty. So I call Betty. Yeah, I call my mom and I go. Your family. <laughs> and she's like, What? And I go, I tell her the story, and she goes, Yes. What? And I'm like, Why? <laughs> Wait, what? And she goes, My father used to always tease my mom. Wait, I should be, my mom is saying this, by the way. Yeah. Betty says, My father used to always tease my mom that her family was a bunch of prostitutes. And I never believed it. And my mom told... And she said, my grandmother. My grandmother told my mom a story that when my grandmother was really young, um, the whole family went out to Arizona to visit my grandmother's aunt, mm-hmm. the sister of my great-grandfather. And when they did... They, my uh, great-grandmother figured out it was a brothel. Wow. And was really upset. And then they found my great-grandfather in a room with a prostitute. And so she left and never visited them again. And she goes, I always thought my mom was just exaggerating. Wow. So I was, she's like, so this sort of like, it was great because I like confirmed that all these things that they would say to each other and all this was true. Yeah. But my mom called her cousin, who's really close to her, almost like Richard is to me. And said, you know, told the story, but that cousin was like, not having it. was just like, she believed it, but it was like, n- she was not amused. Wow. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? Because... I don't see it as offensive. I see it as interesting. I don't see it as a reflection on me whatsoever. Right. You know, this past weekend, uh, I went to a Día de los Muertos party that Richard puts on every five years, mm-hmm. and he does. He puts a lot of work into it. It's always really nice. Everyone always really loves it, and he always gives a speech beforehand. And one of the things he said I thought was so interesting was that he was he admitted that he was stealing it from the African American culture, but that when they talk about their own past, that what the way they frame it is that the people who came before them paid their way you P- know that your id yeah okay. paid their way another uh, word in other words um you are here because everyone who came before you paid they did, they did the payment so that you could get where you are now mm. you know and that's how i kind of see it with the process. i don't know what her situation is maybe she liked doing what she did maybe she didn't i don't know sure. but i don't see it as a reflection on me i just see it as someone trying to do the best of what they could do
0: and also, like, prostitution is – I mean, work is work. And if she was, well, it was doing legal it because she wanted to do it and the people mm-hmm. who were paying for it wanted it, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, what are you going to do with the non-Native American branch of your tree? or Do you have any intentions of spilling those beans to that, uh, that
1: ant? Well, my mom already called – <laughs> that woman's father, and told him, you know, uh-huh. because my mom was just wanting to rub it in yeah. her face. She's like, but, here are the receipts. <laughs> but as you know, people are just going to believe what they're going to believe. There's, there's, I'm not going to change this woman's mind. Sure. She's going to believe that she's Native American. Sure. I I feel
0: like, I actually thought it was a white person thing, but I feel like the Native American in our family history thing, uh, myth, is was a white person thing that it's very common that a lot of white families feel like they have Native American ancestors. And a lot of white Americans feel that way. Tweet tweet at us if you have been told you have Native American in your family.
1: At CU Podcast. Please. I think a lot of it has to do, A, with people who want to feel an ownership in this country uh in other words you know you can't say we came here because we were here first i have that in me, but also you know what's really interesting there's this podcast it comes out seasonally but it's called more perfect it's about the supreme court mm-hmm. and they did one i think it's this season about the case it was known as baby girl the supreme court only a few years ago it was overlooked because it came out at the same time i think as the gay marriage decision as like obergefell i think or maybe around the obamacare decision and so it was buried sure oh my god so i knew the basics of it i'm not gonna get it's very complicated but i didn't realize how interesting it is but it has to do with so i'll give the basics that it has to do with what you just said is um a baby girl was it's super complicated, but it had to do with Native American rights to children, whether they're adopted. I'll leave it at that. Listen to the, go to More Perfect and find the baby girl case. And it's fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, a man who was registered with a Native American tribe wanted his baby daughter back. Okay. Sure. He used a law that is actually uh, a, a, a seldom used law because it used to be that Native Americans were, I didn't know this and this is fairly recently in the past hundred years, would have their babies basically taken away by the government and given away for adoption. Like They were just going missing. Mm-hmm. So the government in- instituted this law that basically a Native American could always take back their kid, essentially. Right? Sure. What makes it interesting, though, you find out... <laughs> Sorry. Is That's all right. Is the guy who brought the case to the Supreme Court he's like literally like one 16th native. He's like a white guy. Uh, he's not even really native American, but he, his family's always registered as yeah. native American. And so he's registered with the tribe, but he's like so little native, probably about as native American as you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not at all. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like literally like less than one sixteenth. It's like really small. Yeah. And, um, so
0: by the way, this is m- me not texting my sister, Julie, my sister, mm-hmm. Julie, she's, she listens, text me mm-hmm. you I think she knows too. We were told that my grandma was Native American. my great grandma text mm-hmm. me and tell me that you remember that memory. I don't think we've ever talked about it, so can, why do you think why do you think that's there in I don't in know. I think some of it might be like the like Native Americans kind of are seen as heroic a little bit. Do you think it's some of mm-hmm. that like our family stood on that side,
1: too, maybe? I don't I don't know. I really... Because, you know, it's also pervasive in African-American culture. And I think part of it is... Actually, I really do think comes from an overwhelming sense of patriotism. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is they want to believe that they were meant to be here in the United States. Yeah. In other words, so, like... Like, in other words, because someone might say, like, go back to Africa, you know, offensively to an African-American. But he can say... And it, it, but it is true by the way there was a lot of, of, uh, 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 what do you call it, interracial yeah. mixing of Native American and African American but like I think there's a part of it too that's like, like no motherfucker I was here before you white man you know yeah. but I think also with white people there is an element where it's they want to be- believe or have it, like, that yes they're white but they also have a part that was here first right. But they they're like they're almost like being we are for the pilgrims. We are part victim, right? Like we, I don't, yeah, it could be yeah. part of that too. There could be this victimhood thing too. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: It's very interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah.
0: Um, also, a friend of the show. So we talked about my sister, but there's a friend of the show named Sharon. Who, her and I, when I started getting into Ancestry, she has, we've texted quite a bit and talked about our Ancestry stuff. And she's been very helpful helping me track down some stuff. I kind of gave up on it. Oh, she good at it? Oh, yeah. She's good at, well, she's good at, like, her own
1: tree. But she. Yeah, but she might have to, because I've hit some dead ends. And I'm just like, ugh.
0: Yeah, email Joe Sharon. Um, it's, it, it kind of got the dead ends kind of. Made it less fun. um I think it was exciting to like dig and find stuff, mm-hmm. but then when you dig and dig and dig, and then you're finding the same shit over and over, mm-hmm. I kind of got mm-hmm. uninterested. So,
1: yeah, I could see that. With me, I was telling you know my parents. My dad was like, I don't know why my dad was saying this, but like he's only interested in the years people were born. Because I was saying like, as you know. I don't know how it is with white people. With Mexicans, it's hard for me to find their death years, especially the further back you go. Like, it's easy to find when they were born. And it's easy to find when they were, like, baptized or married. But the death one is very spotty for me. I'm having trouble. My dad's like, I only care about the years they were born because I have to put it in historical context, you know? Yeah. But I told him, I go, look, right now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build the shell out. Like, go as far as I can go and find all the people I can. And yeah. then go back and slowly try and fill in those stories starting from me out. Sure. You know? Because obviously I'm not going to find as much story about Polycarpio Casio Cass- Batanzos. Yeah. You know? From 1739.
0: I was interested. I was hoping to find some sort of, like, name, explanation of names. Like, where does my the last name Lawson come from? but i I'm, i couldn't really find anything i just kind of traced it all the way back and that's it that so was if you
1: sign up with nice. ancestry.com make sure to use the offer code catching up
0: um do you, joe what okay. else is going on with you do you have well, i'm going to leave it right there cuz we need to talk i mean, we need to talk about what's going on in the news okay um can i start yes so i am very saddened by the sudden and very shocking news that SFist... Just shut down, along with uh, LAist, which I know you know, and a couple of other oh, yeah. ist sites like DCist and Gothamist. Um, it Sadly, was... I'm not. I'm not upset about racist. <laughs> that one I'm glad got shut down. Um, it was about as abrupt as abrupt can get, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. The parent company DNA Info doesn't appear to have told any of their employees, and it doesn't look like the archives were available right away, but now they are. But that took a while for the, even the archives to come back online. And the SFS homepage redirected to a DNA Info webpage, and it had basically a letter explaining why they shut down, but it was like, you no, know, we just made the decision to shut down. That's all the letter really said. And the news came one week after the company voted to unionize, which is interesting. And following in the footsteps of Vice, Salon, and The Guardian, so the employees decided that it was time to organize and uh, come together so they could, you know, bargain together for benefits and that sort of thing. Uh, SF Weekly reached out to the former SFist editor and uh, to get a comment in. Yeah, he didn't really even clarify very much either. The, I think part of what is like so shocking about all of this is just how abrupt it is and how like unclear all of it is. And I feel kind of like offended that I, I didn't have a say. <laughs> I don't know. I just use the site. I know you use LAS to grab stories for this podcast all the time. I use FSFist or I used SFS all the time to grab stories. And I just feel like sudden. And shocking, and I don't know. It bothers me.
1: (laughs) Do you think someone will rise up? And I mean, they obviously can't. The guy owns those names, but will will do something similar? Because what was sort of unique about it was it did essentially like almost like it was a weird model where it almost brought together like I wouldn't call them bloggers, right? But it was it was almost like very like almost micro reporting, right?
0: It almost felt like user generated content. Yeah, Uh, a lot of it. It was very. There was reporting done by them, but there was also a Mm -hmm. lot of re-reporting where they just kind of helped point to different San Francisco stories that were in the Weekly or in the Chronicle or whatever. They weren't the always – they were fine not being the one with the scoop. They were okay just kind of pointing people to SF-related stories or LA-related stories. So I wonder if anybody will just come in and fill in that hole. It's possible. I think that our weekly up here, the SF Weekly, does a decent job, but they seem – I mean they're – uh an alternative weekly and they tend to kind of publish like, you know, in the weekly model where, you know, once a week they have their top news story, their four uh arts and culture stories, their four food stories, that kind of thing. But I don't know. We'll see. I I, I really liked the work they did. Um and I know we made fun of some of the stupid stuff we would read on there, but it really <laughs> offends me that I didn't get to say goodbye.
1: Remember that story about the Clown?
0: No. What was it again? Remember? It was like we, a clown went to a birthday party and like
1: sexually abused children. But the headline wasn't that specific. The headline was more like, like, uh, clown harasses two girls or something. Or two children, right? And I never read the story. <laughs> and finally, I had to read the story on the air It was this awful, awful story. But the headline was just. <laughs> Um so that's my that's my news story
0: is um I'm sad this is gone. And S-F- mosque- SFS I hardly knew ya. RIPST pist.
1: Yeah. RIPST pist. Yeah, we are p we are pissed off about this. I'm p yeah. Um
0: what about you? Do you have a news story you want to talk about? Anything going on? Look, I'm not on? gonna even
1: do any I'm not gonna even do any sort of lead or news story. We need to talk about Harvey Weinstein, James Toback, Kevin Spacey, but more specifically, Kevin Spacey. And now, God, there's so much I want to talk about here. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, what it, of everything going on? I guess for the future, there is uh, people who used to harass and sometimes rape and uh, sexually assault people are now being brought to the light. Yeah. you know yeah and being run if if not legally uh put through the court of uh social opinion you know public opinion yeah and it's all being brought to the light but i want i want to get your take on it i have a lot of thoughts about it so uh go i have been a vocal kevin spacey
0: fan for a while um I've always had immense respect, really liked him, liked everything he did. Um, and it's incredibly disappointing to kind of have all this come out. I'm, I, I, that, I mean, that's it. Disappointment. That's it. <laughs> I don't have much to say <laughs> beyond that. I mean, the story is very clear what it is. And I think it's sad that this is the way he came out. Um, I, I sympathize a little. I see him scrambling and I, if please do not mistake anything I say as like justification for what he did. But I do kind of like understand. I mean, you live a lie for so long, like tangled web you weave. And like I, I kind of understand how like shit kind of builds upon itself. And I, I kind of see that that doesn't, of course, excuse being a monster that, you know, tries to get it on with a child at all but mm-hmm. i don't know disappointment is kind of the way to sum it up what
1: about you okay it's weird because i have uh very nuanced points of view because it's, it's it's nuanced in that there are different levels so let's start with the beginning which is okay harvey weinstein james Toback, monsters who might go under criminal charges and that makes sense okay uh, I know people who've had interactions with Harvey Weinstein, uh, not to the, I've never, he's never masturbated in front of them or, you know, try to rape them, but was very creepy on them. Sure. Okay. So I already had heard those stories before. Okay. Harvey Weinstein. I wasn't aware of James Toback. Kevin Spacey, I've known about for years. I can't tell you why I know. I couldn't say like, well, I heard this story and that story and this story, but I do specifically remember, uh, I do specifically remember years ago, years ago now, four years ago, maybe, 5 years ago, Jose and I were out driving around Los Angeles and oh no, I think we were parked somewhere. We were parked somewhere and a young man, in probably his early 20s, I may have even told this story on the show, approached us and said, you know, that his car battery had died mm-hmm. or something and I said, "Oh, well, I have AAA." Let me call AAA for you, and so I called AAA for him. They were going to come and jump his car. And while we were waiting for AAA to arrive, he was talking to me and Jose, and he said that he had just gotten into town, like in the past week, and like in the next couple of days, was going to start as an intern at Kevin Spacey's production company. Sure. And I, I was obviously aware of the rumors back then because I told him like, oh well good luck or <laughs> that, right? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I told him that Kevin Spacey likes young boys. Sure. You know? And just to pause right there, I, like, that
0: has been, I think, pretty publicly understood by you know a lot of people i feel Mm -hmm. like i knew it too i didn't think that he was having sex with 14 year old boys or trying to have sex with 14 year old boys i thought he liked young twinkie guys which yeah me too we know many of many kind of like creepy older guys that like a 19 year old boyfriend but there's nothing illegal about that you know that that's one thing but like what's coming out now is much different than oh he likes young twinkie twinkie adults he like mm-hmm. this is he like oh no
1: no you're right yeah. and even after even after believe it or not you and i didn't record uh, immediately after but when the anthony rap story first came out first came out i'm talking like the day it came out yeah. right i was telling people like uh, i'm more concerned about a pattern than i am like look 14 year old always wrong yeah. right yeah but i mean it was at a I'll, I'll come back to the Anthony. I'll come back to the very, very, very specific Anthony Rap case in a second. Okay. Okay. But then, when all the stories, you know, came pouring out, and you're like, "Oh no, no, he is a mental case monster," you know. Mm-hmm. With the Anthony Rap stuff, it, at the time when I only knew about that one incident, it felt like, you know, he. I, I felt at the time that he handled it incorrectly. And what I meant was, he shouldn't have said he was, you know, I'm going to come use this time to come out, but also, like, kind of like, actually, you know, right when we're recording right now, Louis C.K. has just released a statement. Yeah. And um, I think Louis C.K. is basically owning up to it. I think he's playing the smart PR move. And I feel Kevin Spacey, at the beat this before everything came out, when it was just Anthony Rapp, should have just sort of done the same thing. And what I'll say, and this is not to apologize to it, you know, a 14-year-old is a 14-year-old is a 14-year-old. Yeah. But I think you could have... Not has taken as big of a hit if you would have said, "Look, I was in my mid twenties. I was really drunk. I made a super mistake, and I am so so sorry." And it, I, and maybe explained it in a way on a talk show where it's like, I don't really not explain it, but like again, fess up to the mistake and own it. But and there's no excuse for it. But I do feel a fourteen year old in the early eighties. Is very different from a fourteen-year-old now. Not to excuse it, it's still wrong. I mean, there are age consent, there are consent laws, but and he's also a little boy. But it, it, there's a, I was I was often using the movie Sleepaway Camp. Have you ever seen the movie Sleepaway Camp? It came out from that era, actually.
0: No, it's Kevin Spacey. And in it?
1: no, he wouldn't. He would like it though. It's a shitty horror movie from the early eighties, right? But um. I'll tell you the worst thing that ever anth- happened to Anthony Rapp was this being in this horrible if then musical with his Adina Menzel. That was probably <laughs> worse than the Kevin Spacey thing. But anyway, <laughs> I I saw him in that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, so, but in if you watch Sleepaway Camp, they have like little boys in this movie and little girls too. But like both little boys and little girls are so hypersexualized in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel that was like a weird culture back then. I don't know, and and also like I also recently saw the Stranger Things kids. Uh, did you did you watch Stranger Things this season? Mm, sec- not the second season yet.
0: I don't know. Oh, okay, well.
1: but when you when you watch the second season, uh, and when you're finished, it immediately goes into this weird Netflix show where they took like an after show. Oh yeah. And it's the creators with the uh Finn Wolfhard and the little girl who plays Eleven mm-hmm. all talking. And it's kind of kind of creepy because Finn Wolfhard, who is fourteen and eleven, whatever uh whatever her name is, you know, Britney Bobby Brown or something like that. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. It's weird, and you often see this with kid actors how strangely like little adults they are, you know? Sure. And I think not to, again, not to excuse it, but I'm sure a smart PR person could have played, like, I made a horrible, horrible mistake. Hmm. But then we see a pattern here, you know? And now where it's, like, grabbing people's dicks and, like, fondling them in front of their parents and, like... just And also, like, it was prevalent on the set and, like... It's, it's one of these things where, again, I'm not excusing it, but, like, at the time, I was like, well people did fucked up shit in the 80s and 70s because they thought they could get away with it, you know? Yeah. And maybe you could just completely apologize and say, you know what it is? It's basically say almost like what Paula Dean should have done. That's what it is. I feel like the same way I was saying, I feel people were throwing around the N-word in the 70s like nobody's business, right? And now it's like, that is horrible. You should never do that, right? And then yeah. they were bringing up Paula Dean because in the 70s, she said the N-word. They were holding her up to the same uh, level of awfulness that the N-word is now that it was in the 70s. I think people were just fucking saying it all the time, right? And what Paula Dean should have done is just been like, yes, I did it and I was awful and I've changed. I'm not that person. Yeah. And I feel like Kevin Spacey, before all this also stuff came out, obviously, if that was the only time... Should have done that because here's my case, and I guess this and this goes to the, my bigger point about this, and probably using a fourteen year old is not the best idea in the world. Is what's starting to bother me is the beast. Okay, so right now we're getting the legitimate monsters out, right? Yeah, we're getting yeah. Harvey Weinstein, we're getting Kevin Spacey, we're getting James Toback, um, Louis C.K. Those stories have been around for years. Like everyone knows that story. This is not shock to any comedian, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But like once we get through these people, like like for instance, did you were you following the Adam Sandler controversy when he put his hand on the actress's knee? No. Okay, so right when this started blowing up, blowing up, people started going crazy because they're like, Adam Sandler assaulted this woman on the British talk show, And, like he was putting her, his hand on her knee and she didn't like him. Blah, blah blah blah. He's a sexual harasser, right? And then even the actress had to come out and go, guys, guys, guys. I wasn't, I wasn't uncomfortable. I didn't feel like, sexually harassed, it was, you know, please stop, you know? And that's what I'm afraid of, is almost like a post-French Revolutionary France, in that now the the beast is created, and now it's getting the people... Oh, Little Shop of Horrors is a perfect example. You know, that there was the plant, right? And yeah, they were killing the dentist and the people that deserve to, you know, some people deserve to die, you know? But then... It keeps growing and growing and you keep needing to feed the beast. We're not there yet. You think that, that
0: exposing awful people though is like a plant that like requires more and more blood? Like we're gonna no, no, continue no, to no, like, no, no no
1: no no. I'm saying the exposing awful people, we're still there now. Yeah. What I'm afraid of is being two months, to three start. months down the line. Now it's like like for instance, I'll give you a, a current example right now. Some random person just said Charlie Sheen fucked Corey Haim. And everyone is even saying like no he didn't. Right? Like his Corey Haim's mom is saying no, he didn't. <laughs> like stop. And that's that's what I'm afraid of is 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 that.
0: Hmm. What are your yeah. thoughts on the weird kind of double standard some people pointed out where like 15 women had to come out and say Bill Cosby did the exact same thing to them for, you know, people to even take notice whereas one guy comes forward to blame Kevin Spacey on something, he's lost his Netflix show and is like, his career is suffering almost immediately. Like, isn't that a little bit weird that it takes one man versus like, a series of women or is it the time? Like, are we now at a time where one woman's accusations can bring somebody down?
1: I guess, it, you know what, that is an interesting point. I never thought about that but I wonder, it, it's not a race thing because it took 15 women to bring a black man down and it took one to bring down a white a white man. But, With Cosby, I wonder if almost it's like... Is it a gay thing? Ken Spacey, there was always a kind of, not creepiness to him, but like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Whereas Bill Cosby was America's dad, and I feel people didn't want to believe that. And so it took that many women to bring him down. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, but how many women? How many? How many women did it
0: take to bring Bill O'Reilly down?
1: Or yeah, but people uh, don't like. That's what I'm saying. Is like Bill Cosby was really, really, really popular.
0: Let me ask. Let me flip it. But my point is, it took multiple women to bring Bill O'Reilly down too, and multiple women to bring uh, Roger Ailes down.
1: Oh, 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 okay. Well, that's a very good. You're you're actually still making my point because I feel okay. It's funny that you say that. I, I forgot to bring this point up actually. I really do think a lot of this has to do with a response to Trump, sure. believe it or not, in that you have the ultimate monster in Donald Trump. But I'm there are a lot of people, particularly women, who feel – well, ever, all of us progressives feel helpless. And it's like no matter – this guy can fucking say he's going to grab women by the pussy and fucking nothing sticks to him, right? Mm-hmm. His base still loves him. And so they feel powerless. So now it's time to bring down all the avatars that stand in for Donald Trump and bring them down. Not that they don't deserve it, right? But now it's like, well, fuck you. I'm bringing down. Boom, boom, boom. You're all coming down. We're not putting up with this shit, right? And I think what you're speaking to what you're saying is I feel progressives are much more willing to believe the woman and not stick to their idols as much, right? Someone can make the argument for Hillary and stuff like that. But with Bill O'Reilly, it's like... And Roger Ailes is that fucking... I mean, look, they fucking stick by Donald Trump. I mean, the reason to take that many women is because they're... they they So the Republicans rally around people. That's the one thing I will say about Republicans, is they fucking cling to their religion, their guns, and their Fox News hosts. Sure. And... Or 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 who they hold up in high regard. I was, I've talked about, it, I go, I cannot believe there are 32 million people who still, like, you're just like, Donald Trump is great. That's the thing. His poll numbers are in the toilet. But in his own party, his numbers are through the roof. Mm-hmm. How are they not seeing this? Yeah. How, what are they seeing? Right.
0: Well, same, this Roger Moore guy in Alabama who yeah. just came out that he was, He had, like, a sexual sort of uh, encounter with a 14-year-old girl. And, like, the way our tribal politics are now, like, Republicans are, like, well, better than a Democrat. Like, seriously? Seriously. Or that,
1: like, Joseph and Mary had a big age difference. Yeah. What?
0: Did you see that one? Yes, I did. Like, I I genuinely don't think that I would be the same on my side. He— like if it, if he were a Democrat, would I be like, well, better than the other guy?
1: Yeah no well you do you do see that with the Hillary and bill and uh, Bernie Sanders like, like it gets in the the Bernie Bros are get kind of weird like that too that there's like a weird there's a weird infi. I've always said this is the reason the fundamental difference between the Republicans and, and or Republican once go ahead pause, pause, pause.
0: please don't piss off Bernie Bros. <laughs>
1: The only thing worse is video game nerds
0: that are attacking us, please. <laughs> okay. Well uh, 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 make your, p- make your point.
1: I'm... Just don't be okay. controversial. <laughs> is I've always said this is Republicans it's easy for them to unify around a message because they are essentially a party of exclusion. And when you're a party of exclusion, well then it's easy to rally around that message. And the problem you come into with the progressives is they are a party, essentially, of inclusion, which that means they're all fighting with each other because you have, well, you know, um, you're like, uh, all transgender people should use the bathroom, right? And they're like, okay, great, I can get behind that. And then someone's like, hey, wait a minute, what about the questioning? And then what about the people who, you know, want to do this? And are like, yeah, yeah, you too. And then it's like, well, then you said this. And, I don't, and then it becomes fighting because we are a party of inclusion, which means everybody has their own pet Issues. Sure. Right? When you're an exclusive exclusive party, that's easier to rally. no, we right. don't want transgender in the bathrooms. Right, 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 Done. Right. right? Yeah. And so I think
0: that comes out a lot in like Islamophobia kind of stuff too. Like liberals are like, we love I mean, this is like Bill O'Reilly's like um wait, not Bill O'Reilly, Bill Mars kind of fight that he's been having where like he and I'm not taking any side on this, but he's like You know, the Muslim religion, et cetera, et cetera, extremists, et cetera, et cetera. They're anti-women. They're anti-gay. And then there's also these, like, everybody, you know, every religion, every right to worship or not worship. Like, those things are kind of in conflict and create, you know, fights on the progressive side of things for sure.
1: The end. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're right. And I think – how did we get from Kevin Spacey to this? (laughs) I know what your point was. Your point was how how come it was able to bring it down. Is – we are so much more willing to eat our own, in in, in terms of, in, in other words, we're idealists, and we're and so we go like, no, you're supposed to, to behave, yeah, to I, this standard. Idealist is shut down though, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to behave at a certain standard, and that, and maybe even to our own detriment, we often will throw away people for the smallest error. You know, because we want people to be perfect. Whereas I think the conservatives are more willing to be more forgiving as long as you're pushing their agenda. Yeah. Anyway, Kevin Spacey, stop fucking fourteen year olds. Yeah. Uh, and I Harvey Weinstein and
0: I had a story about him. Um, you probably remember where I ran into him oh, in yeah. New Orleans and. Uh. Part of that story, which I th- think when I retold it on my old podcast, What Someone Call Lies, this was part of it, but I'm not sure. He was sitting with like a 19-year-old twink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he no, had he dated them with him. stuff like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's too bad. Um, it makes me sad. Um, I Like I said, I have just am disappointed and I've lost a lot of respect for the guy, which is a bummer because I really respected – um, everything that he put out there, and you know everything that he was doing, um, as far as acting goes. But
1: you know what's funny is when the to put a button on this when the Louis C K stuff uh, happened came out yesterday. I was t- I was talking to some friends at the time, and I said, "Look, he's gonna he's gonna believe it or not. I really believe Louis C K is going to make it through this. Okay." I, it not, I'm not tomorrow, I'm not next week. Yeah. At a certain point, because he's a comedian and he has that platform well, and, and they knows were, how to do it. And they were adult women. Yeah, they were adult women. I mean,
0: women. It's, a, it's awful and
1: disgusting, but... No, but he 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 can act... He can very, very... And he's so good at this, too. He's going to give it some time. He'll go on a talk show and talk about it. And then there'll be a fucking Netflix special where he just... Takes it apart for everybody and exposes the inside of it and how he felt, and lets us laugh at it and how he felt and what he was going through, and he's sort of self-deprecating about it, and then people forgive. People, I think, are more willing to forgive when you are remorseful. Um, remorseful. So,
0: uh, what a time to be alive. Um, What else is going on with you? Anything else you need to talk about, or are we good? To, no, what do you I got think going I'm good. On? What do you got going on next week?
1: Um, uh, well you know I have my first conference call for my new nonprofit that's going to be next week. I do think it's funny that one of the, I I got an alert on Uber Conference. Thanks Mike Lawson for recommending that. Saying that one of the people was already in the conference. I'm like, "Um, <laughs> it's next week." I'm like, "Oh, I thought it was today." Uh I'm going to see friend of the show John Paul this weekend. It'll be the first time I've seen him in a long time. He was in Japan. For a while. Also, there's this... That's a whole other... You know what? There's a story behind I'll wait until I see this person. I'm going to see a person from another podcast this weekend. Cool. But I want to wrap up this show, so... Cool.
0: What about you? I have very little going on. Um, Steve's friends have, like, Friendsgiving uh, early in November. So we're doing that tonight, actually. And uh, then we're going to go see Murder on the Orient Express... Steve just, oh is that out yeah steve just read the book and he's excited about it. i think it came out um like this week this tonight okay um and i think so anyway because he said we're going to see it so i hope so um and that's pretty much it um kind of boring week as always but um i really look forward to catching up with you next week and if you guys are still listening and are interested in being a Catching Up intern, here's all we're going to do. We're going to ask you to listen to a couple episodes, and Joe and I will call you up on Skype or Google Hangout or something. And we'll just chat with you a little bit, and help. you're going to help us kind of recap part of uh, the Catching Up episodes that we assigned to you. should be fun. It's going to be a 200-episode kind of celebration. So email Lawson at gmail.com, and we'll figure out details from there. Um, if you've emailed us before, do it again because we dropped the ball and we're awful people. So that's it. Nice catching up with you, Joe. <laughs> you still there? The Mike. Oh, good. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash CU Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast. Email us at guys at Cupodcast.com or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um I mean it, um, uh,
1: um um
0: um uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 um use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed and you'll no longer be afraid.